Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, you catch me on my hands and knees today. I've got a whole series of seedling stocks to uh, plant out. Some are being pricked off into cell trays to grow on, but in the polytunnel I'm just marking out lines. The American breeders say that uh, they can be spaced 12 per square foot. Sounds a bit close to me, but uh, that's what I'm transplanting them out at, and uh, we'll just see how they do. Well, I must take a break. There is no better group of plants of flower power than forms of the thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants Limited, Pershaw in Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and... Uh, hopefully solve some of your gardening quandaries. I spoke several weeks ago about cold weather, usually occurring when the blackthorn, the slow in, in the hedgerows, are in flower. What country people refer to as the blackthorn winter? Well, this year we've certainly had one with a vengeance. I mean, the slows are still in full flower. And if you'll excuse the pun, slow to go over. Night after night there have been sharp frosts and we desperately need a change in wind direction. Ideally from the southwest, bringing uh, with them uh, a depression and some April showers. While things are growing, nothing like the speed we will see after a warm rain. Although having said that, uh, tulips are putting on a wonderful show and will last longer, of course, in the cooler temperatures. I noticed uh, one morning after a sharp frost, they were really hanging their heads again. But uh, once the sun was up and they thawed, the stems stiffened and they were there in all their glory once again. I've noticed it in our front garden, flower buds uh, are emerging on Dutch iris. Uh, when I used to grow them for cut flowers in the 1960s, they bloomed early May, and now more often than not, they're out in April. So some things are getting uh, earlier. So what's in the news? Well, while the mood to garden is still very much on the up, mail order people uh, report a bit of a lull with uh, that cutting cold wind. And now more garden centres and shops are open to sell plants. Of course, um, there's a bit more competition. Uh, Calder's Garden Centre, five of them in that uh, family chain up in Glasgow, have teamed up with their local co-op and are opening pop-up 
garden sections through to June. And, and I see home base not to be left out are putting their shrub and plant offering into six next fashion outlets. I think it's a trial, first of all, in places like Shoreham, Ipswich, Warrington, Camberley, Bristol and Sheffield. The chief executive uh, officer at home base says uh, it's all part of our wider commitment to make shopping with us easier, providing even more inspiration and expert advice. Expert advice on growing plants from next. I'm not sure about that. When I go shopping, I can never find anyone to help on the sizes of shirts. So goodness knows where the gardening advisors are going to come from. At least retail nurseries can now open. And I understand this week that um, now that we can eat and drink outside, several of the garden centres are offering uh, fresco dining. Although two inches of snow on the first day <laughs> didn't really help very much, did it? Scones are back on the menu at uh, Haskins with coffee, cakes and sandwiches. So there'll be some sustenance for those people that go to some of these uh, garden centres. I was sent an email too to remind me that the Floriard Expo in 2022 will, in a year's time, open this week. Actually, there's going to be a bit of competition, I think, because uh, the Floralies in Ghent, which um, should have been opening this May, will open next May from the 4th to the 9th. And uh, surely, for the third year, the Kirkenhof will be... Uh, open next year it's just heartbreaking to think of all those uh, spring bulbs in flower mass displays of them at the Kirkenhof and nobody able to see them uh, Neil Alcock from Seant Nurseries uh, in North Wales I hear has uh, started exporting his uh, young plants and liners with a test delivery to France which apparently went uh, pretty well so that's good news if uh, we are slowly getting back to two-way traffic, both uh, in and out of Europe. It will uh, help everybody. As to tips, I bought a sample of uh, Richard Jackson's Anemone Mistral and uh, Ranunculus Persian Buttercup, the cultivar was called Florist Choice. And I noticed that uh, while he recommended that the anemone was soaked for a few hours before planting, there was no reference to that um, for the ranunculus. I always soak them both for a few hours. I mean, it's amazing. They almost swell up like balloons. They're more than twice the size after they've been in water for a little while. I did notice, too, we've got ranunculus rococo, that's a relatively new introduction, bred by John Fielding, uh, particularly useful for, cu for cutting because it uh, grows, must be 18 inches to two foot high. That those left in the soil uh, up at the uh, RHS Gardener Hyde Hall are several weeks ahead of other thongs, or tubers as the uh, ranunculus are called, that were lifted, allowed to dry out somewhat, and then replanted. I suppose it's one way to get a succession of flowering. 
Very pleased to welcome uh, today as our interview for the podcast, Tamsin Westall. I think it would be fair to say that Tamsin and I have known one another for a little while. A very uh, energetic and enthusiastic young lady who was at one time my uh, editor at uh, Amateur Gardening where she was assistant editor, and now much more important, she has her fingers in the soil at uh, Stocktonbury Gardens. Tamsin, I think you opened for the first time yesterday. Uh, the weather here, we've had three unbelievably beautiful days, and then the wind changed yesterday. Oh, my God, others. We, we do have uh, weather here, not climate. Uh, how are things up at Stocktonbury Garden? Well, we're in Herefordshire, and uh, the day before we opened, Peter, it was T-shirt weather, shorts. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and then the day we actually opened, I've, I was so cold, it took me hours to thaw out. And this morning, <laughs> I've got layers on. You can see, the listener can't. I've got the thickest jumper I own on. I've got my tights back out and I will be wearing a bobble hat. So it's dramatically different. Um, and I don't think the weekend's looking that good. But the good news is that people still came out. So that that's all that matters. Well, can I interrupt you for a moment or two with uh, um, an extract from Diary of a Modern Country Gardener, uh, a book which um, I have a lot of affinity to, having been brought up on a farm and your garden being surrounded by farmland and farm activities. Uh, the garden opened to the public today and a few keen and regular visitors trickled in. Being April Fool's Day, the mood is rather jolly. Uh, was the mood rather jolly? Yes, I rather gather from you it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that book... I wrote from the potting bench at Stocktonbury. So I always have my computer there and I've got the books for sale and people were like, oh, is this where you wrote the book? So that's lovely. And a few people came in to get their copies signed. But I think people have been just itching to get out. And it was lovely that some people said to me, it's my first visit with mum. We're meeting a friend here. It was just... It makes you realise how important open gardens are and open outside spaces and the joy that it brings. And a lady last night on Twitter, I, I can't remember her coming in, but she put something to say that actually she felt quite overwhelmed with being in the garden. And I thought, now, if that isn't a compliment, then I don't know what is. So it it was definitely people were smiling, even though you can't see their smiles through their masks, you can see it in their eyes. It was just it, really joyful to throw open the doors at last. And the eyes, I think, is the secret to it all. You know, we, we meet quite a bit with our family on Zoom, but it's not the same as uh, seeing face to face, is it? You, you don't get the facial expressions quite the same. I don't know what it is, you know, but they're there. But you don't communicate in the same way as if you meet face to face. No. And, um, you know, what was concerning us, because we weren't open last year, was we have lots of regular visitors. A lot of people come on their own to an open garden. And we were thinking, gosh, I hope they're OK. I hope they're well. You know, so that was great to see some regulars sort of bouncing in through the door. And you make so many personal connections and we've missed these people. So that was that was wonderful to see so many people coming back to us after a year off. Now, can you paint a picture of the garden? Uh, um, are the uh, 
wisteria flowers going to be as uh, prolific on the house front in just a few weeks time i was looking at a wisteria two days ago and here in essex they were on the move yeah you're probably a bit ahead of us we've got um our highlight is probably our prim primulas in our dingle garden are just out of this world they look like they've sort of been dropped from heaven anywhere you know sporadically seeding fritillarias oh gosh gorgeous We've got some amazing skunk cabbage down by the pond. We've got our hepaticas. We've got an auricular theatre. And my uncle always puts his collection of hepaticas on, on the theatre, you know, before the auriculars. And that's been everybody's favourite. There's so much going on. We've got lots of blossom arriving. Another plant that I love, a woodland plant. We've got lots of wood anemones and we've got cardamony quinquifolia sort of running underneath the shrubs and I think that this is our best time the garden looks great throughout the year but for some reason there's something really magical about the sort of promise and the foliage unfurling and the spikes coming out of the ground of the hostas that look like they would seriously injure you if you trip and fell into them <laughs> and I uncovered the gunnera yesterday took all the old leaves off and it's like a dinosaur to see its sort of fluffy new life appearing. Um, it it really is wonderful. And I just, I hope that if people can get out to a local garden, they don't leave it till May and June, because April is just a joy. You mentioned skunk cabbage uh, and a long time ago uh, with the Early Gardeners World programmes. <clears throat> Boy, that... That skunk cabbage was worked to death um, because, you know, if you went anywhere that was a bit damp and you got those bright yellow spades, uh, the, the camera could linger on those uh, and, and at least bring a bit of colour at quite an early yeah, time of it, the year. Yeah, it does stink of cabbage as well, unfortunately. But I don't, you can't buy it now. I think it's, I think it's illegal to plant it because it's quite invasive. But if you've got it, I think you can keep it. Um, but it doesn't seem to take over in Herefordshire, so we, it's it's giving us some lovely colour by the pond. And it's interesting how the season advances. I mean, we have a very nice tulip at Hyde Hall called Brown Sugar. It was given to... Oh, that's my favourite. Absolutely my favourite tulip, that is. Well, we, we were given quite a lot by Hayloft at Pershaw. And I was speaking to David Jarman yesterday, and he said his in Pershaw are just green buds, whereas ours, we now have the first few flowers fully open and quite a bit of colour. And I, I'm very interested to see. I always like to plant top-sized tulips, 14-centimetre ups. Um, and nobody saw our tulips last year, and so we left them in place... And really, where there was one, this year there's three. You know, I do wish people would always buy big tulip bulbs. Um, and, and in the next two or three weeks, the colour's going to be unbelievable. It's, it's nicely scented, isn't it, that brown sugar? It's got like a copper finish, hasn't it? It's got an orangey, coppery glow. But we did exactly yeah. the same as Hyde Hall. We planted a huge amount of tulips, big tulips, all the way along our long walk under our dwarf apple trees. A real mixed bag, to be honest, all sorts. I can't even remember what they were. And what I decided to do was last year, because no one was there, I deadheaded them early. So I sort of literally had a couple of days of great flowers and then I cut all the flowers off 
we had that many vases full of tulips. It was it was incredible all over the place because I thought, well, let's try and keep the energy for for this year. And so far, it's worked. We've got, like you say, two buds. And the lovely thing is, it was very magical yesterday or, or the day before we opened. All the yellow tulips along that walk came into flower. And I thought this is just so perfect for our NGS day that, you know, the yellow book day, the yellow tulips are out. So that was rather lovely. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, get 30, get 20 20, 20, get 20 20, get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fantastic. Um, I'm trying to plant them wherever I can with roses. And and the one thing that I hadn't realised when I started out was how important the colour of the foliage on the roses is. For example, if you've got iceberg with very green young foliage and you have yellow coming up through it, that looks fantastic. But we've also got Charisma, a new very fragrant rose, which has really rich red foliage. And if you have a red tulip coming up through that red foliage, absolutely fantastic just now. It's it's great. I, I always try and encourage people because we sometimes sell tulips at Stocktonbury and the year before last, when we last sold them, people were buying sort of five bulbs for a pot. And I'm always saying to them, look, buy double what you think you need. And I'd rather see one pot really, really well planted than two pots lightly planted. Um, I think you can get so much more out of them if you if you stuff a, a pot full and have, you know, one spectacular display. Do you tell them always to put the flat side of the tulip bulb against the outer edge of the pot because the flower comes up from the flat side and if you do that, when the, when the blooms come up, it gives you the widest display in the pot. I mean, I like to put two layers of bulbs in the pots, you know, so that you really have what, what you're recommending the concentration of bloom. Yeah, we do put yeah. two layers in. Our biggest, well, in my garden at home, my biggest problem is the squirrels. Gosh, they've been a nuisance this year getting into my pots of bulbs. They drive you balmy, what? I, I've had the chicken wire out, so I've had nice little chicken wire tops on my pots. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tamsin, how do you put together... Um, your writing skills and, and um, your authorship with the garden. I mean, if I go out in the garden first thing in the morning, if I'm not careful, it's lunchtime before I've had breakfast. And the computer's not always uh, as attractive as it should be when somebody's desperate for a thousand words. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It is difficult, especially now that spring's come. I mean, in the winter, I'm quite happy to have a few hours on my computer if, if it's freezing cold. But definitely my life is sort of split almost 50-50 between gardening and writing. So what I try and do when we're not open is I'll do a morning in the garden and after lunch I'll write. Now that we're open, I tend to write in the evening. But because we haven't been open, when you're open, you are very much wedded to the spot to welcome people. Because we haven't been open this last year, I've I've written a tremendous amount actually. I've written a houseplant book, and I've written uh, I've worked with Anne Marie Powell on this wonderful My Real Garden book that I don't know if you've heard about, which is really innovative. Uh, that's one of the main reasons for chatting to you today. I'm interested to hear a lot more about My Real Garden. Yeah, well. I mean, this is something I've, Anne-Marie rang me, gosh, last summer, and I knew she was doing, um, Anne-Marie's a, a Chelsea Flower Show um, garden designer. I think most people know of her because she's just got such a flamboyant personality. She decided on the first day of lockdown in March to go live every single day from her garden on Instagram. So she basically shared her development of her garden with her followers and her followers grew and grew and grew I think she has sort of 17,000 followers now quite quite quickly and what was so wonderful is the people that joined were from all over the world and they found this sort of common interest of growing seeds and nurturing their plants and people some people just had a windowsill to work with or house plants a lot of mums with kids doing homeschooling. So she's built up this incredible community and everyone knows each other. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And she decided that she'd like to do a book um, to, to show people all, you know, as many of her followers' gardens as she could. So she rang me and said, Tamsin, I think you'll be able to help me with this. I've got to learn to say no, Peter, <laughs> is, uh, is the thing. <laughs> I think you probably have as well. Um, anyway, so um, we found a publisher local to me, a company that print and um, produce books, Orphans Publishing, that I did my book with. And we then set about creating a questionnaire that we put online and we asked her followers to fill in the questionnaire, you know, questions about their garden, how had lockdown affected them, what were their favourite veg, all those sorts of things. And we asked them to submit about nine or ten images. And we had 240 plus people fill in this questionnaire. And Anne-Marie had promised that everyone would be in the book. Oh, dear, Pro I promised. <laughs> so my job with her was to get, everyone in the book and make it a book that would be sellable and joyful so it is all the pictures are done by mobile phone and they're all from the contributor so there's no sort of high photography budget we've broken it up into sections so we've got windowsill gardening we've got woodland gardens front gardens and they're all real stories from real people We've got top tips and hacks. And then we've got some quite heartwarming stories in there, which we pulled out, where people had basically used their garden to rescue their mental health or physical health during this time. So there's stories of people who um, have had long COVID or they've been diagnosed with cancer. 
And although that sounds tragic, ultimately the garden has given them joy, recovery. So it's it's quite a remarkable book. It's very, very colourful. And it went on sale exactly a year after she went live. So we did it in record time. And the whole point is that is to some of the profits are going to Green Fingers. So that's that's the aim is to be able to give them a nice big check at some point. But the book was, um, do you call it crowdfunded? Yes. Gosh, that was an adventure. Well, what, yes, what's involved in that? I mean, one hears about it, but I've no idea how it works. Well, all these things are never as easy as you think. So, um, I mean, for Anne-Marie and I, it was a real journey of discovery because we're two busy mums working full time and then suddenly she decides to do this big project in double quick time. And obviously we had no money. So we went onto a site called Indiegogo. There's several crowdfunding sites and we basically sold the book in advance. So what you're doing is you're selling something you haven't yet made, which is quite frightening. (laughs) (laughs) Against a terrible deadline. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but really, it's really all down to Anne-Marie's personality and enthusiasm. She did things like do Zoom quizzes. She sold other things to raise the money. So she sold her time. You know, she did consultations. People could have. So eventually we raised enough money and brilliantly great British garden centres stepped in and they bought copies for all of their 57 stores, which really, really helped us to reach the target Um, So for the first week, it came out last week. So the publication date was 21st of March and it was exclusively for sale at the 57 Great British Garden Centres. So you'll find it there now still. um, And it's now for sale also on the myrealgarden.co.uk website. So um, What's wonderful is that the garden centre really got the story of raising money for Green Fingers. They felt it would appeal to their new customer because we all have new customers thanks to social media and thanks to this incredible sort of surge in interest in horticulture. So it's it's been remarkably hard, but wonderfully, wonderfully rewarding. We should have a little word of an explanation about British garden centres, because, I mean, that's a family business, isn't it? Was it the daughter that fired this all off, do you think? We dealed with lovely Boyd uh, that is linked, uh, Boyd Douglas Davis, that's linked with Greenfingers. So he has an affinity. He's He does the marketing for the garden centres. So that was our connection. But, I mean, what's so great is that garden centres have been able to open And it would have been so disappointing to have this book and not be able to put it on a shelf somewhere where people could go and buy it. So um, we were really excited with that. And it's lovely that they've got so many um, branches. I mean, 57 is quite quite a remarkable number. It's a big number. And they've grown very quickly in the last two or three years to those big numbers. But Tamsin, if we have people listening and they want to come to Stocktonbury, hopefully buy a copy of this book. Can you give them uh, directions, instructions? When are you open? When's a good time to come? How should they behave? Now, 
<laughs> oh, now that's a question. I like that. Now, um, right, so we only have very well-mannered people. No, what we always say is, is Stocktonbury is a place for happy people. We love it when people come with a smile and go with a smile. So that's all we ask. So basically, we're in Herefordshire. So we're a couple of miles north of the market town of Lempster. And we are open Wednesday to Sunday, 11 till 4.30. And Bank Holiday Monday, we're open. My sister runs the most amazing cafe on site and she's been frantically making wonderful things for takeaway. So at the moment, we're doing takeaway until the restrictions are are changed. Um, And the plant sales aren't open yet until the 14th of April because nurseries can't open. But the garden is definitely open. You don't need to book. You can just turn up hopefully will be a lovely lovely day out for you and Herefordshire there's there's some wonderful things to do in Herefordshire we've got some other great gardens here as well and the My Real Garden book is available from Great British Garden Centres and also myrealgarden.co.uk where Anne-Marie's selling signed copies. Damson, always a joy to speak to you. I need some of your enthusiasm and energy. <laughs> as, yeah, as, likewise. <laughs> it's lo- well, you, you're, you're the most enthusiastic person I know. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do now is have a massive bowl of porridge, put my bobble hat on, and then head off to Stocktonbury and sit in my freezing cold stone barn with a smile to welcome more people today, hopefully. <laughs> I wish you well, and I'm off to Hyde Hall, where I'm afraid I'll be on the end of a hose. We've got, we've still got a lot of stuff in pots, and boy, did it dry out this week. Uh, and and in in their wisdom, they don't haven't put the irrigation on yet. So I need a hundred yards of hose to get water anywhere near anything. My goodness. <laughs> put your wellies on. <laughs> <laughs> Tamsin, thank you. Great to speak to you. Thanks for having me. And for our tailpiece, how about the quote from Carol Stocker? Gardening is something you learn by doing and by making mistakes. It was a mistake not putting fleece over hardy Alstroemeria up in Floral Fantasia, I can tell you. All that young growth coming up from both the Enchantress and those really fantastic Indian summer sky series the frost just absolutely wiped them out. They're just soft, rotting shoots. I just hope that, uh, like potatoes cut back, they'll come again. And a little bit of fleece protection would have been uh, their saviour, I think. But there we are. You live and learn. Hope you'll have time to join us next week. Until then... Here's to a good rain. There is no better of pots of flower power and forms of the shrubby Our thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants Limited, Pershaw in Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.